We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. Four. Three. Two. One. Ignition. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bivens, Vice President of Sales for Pioneer X. And today I am here with Josh. Hi, I'm Josh Allen, Senior Vice President of Clinical Strategy and Development. Today we are here again with Jeff Harrell, owner of Peninsula Pharmacies, but also like partner in about 20 other pharmacies that he partners with other independent owners up in the Pacific Northwest. Well, it's the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh, how you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, it's just starting to get light here. So, uh, well, h- how you been? How'd you go? You were at NCPA? Yeah, I actually was on quite a little run there. I went to NCPA early October, and then uh, and then we took a little time, went up to Asheville, nine of us off the board, oh, just nice. kind of chilled out for uh, three or four days, and then um, AAP uh, board meeting um, in uh, Nashville. Okay. So got home late Friday, and that's it till January. I'm, <laughs> I'm shutting her down, so. Yeah, you. If you just kept going west, you could have done a couple more stops on your way back home. I know, I know. Uh, actually, I got to go out to Miami and and visit Sonia. Do you guys know Sonia Martinez? I do yeah, I do know Sonia. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'd like to go out and see what she's got going and um and that. But I typically don't try to go to or I tr- I try to hit a store of a friend or a bar member if it's on my way. Yeah. Not, you know, not extra travel. So so you said on your way, is this Miami, Ohio or Miami, no. Florida? Oh, Florida? no, okay. Miami, Florida. I, I, was impl- so, I, I was thinking like going backward and it was like. No, no, no. no. Anyways, no, things are uh, super busy and just, you know, navigating all the current challenges and in pharmacy with COVID and reimbursement, almost, you know, some of the same songs. Sure. Sure. Well, let's kind of get into that. And you're one of the few repeats, by the way. So thank <laughs> well, you. We- <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And, and uh, I, I really enjoy doing them and hope it helps uh, no, helps I- the industry and, and, and other, you know, independent pharmacies or pharmacists. So yeah. thanks for having me a second time around. I'll, yeah. I'll try to like I said the first time, I'll try to keep the four-letter words to a minimum. <laughs> hey, you get you get one <laughs> f bomb, like I think, and, <laughs> and then we're good. I think I think you got one. So. I, okay. I think we should pitch the title for this as being Jeff's number two. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's funny. So for for those, I guess maybe might be not might be listening to it uh, at least to Jeff the first time. So um, based out of uh, I'm gonna say. Up in the northwest, because you have multiple pharmacies up there. Let's talk a little bit about kind of kind of where you are, and then also like for those of you who don't know Jeff as well, he, he's really into partnering with other pharmacies. I think he owns or co-owns roughly I don't know twenty eight. Am I right? Uh, uh, twenty six. Twenty six pharmacies. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where where where's your footprint? Well, we um, I'm I'm based out of a little town uh, on the coast, Long Beach, Washington. So if you kind of pull your map out and take a look at the state of Washington, it's that kind of Hook Peninsula there uh, in the southwest corner. So if you're, you know, mapping it out by metropolitan cities, we're uh, 
three hours southwest of Seattle and two hours northwest of Portland, Oregon. Um, and I'm, I usually do my my flying mostly out of Portland just because it's one less hour of travel. <laughs> um, but right, yeah, we've um, since the first podcast, we've done definitely a little bit some of growth and um, and expanded our footprint. Um, we are in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. Um, we have 26 locations at the moment and have, you know, three or four other opportunities in the pipeline, including a, a brand new build nice. um, and, and brand new pharmacy uh, following our model of, of one of them there. Um, and then we go uh, into Idaho um, okay. and Oregon. Yeah. And so uh, we got about five locations, I believe, in Oregon, uh, one in Idaho at the moment, and then... Um, all the rest are in Washington, uh, kind of sprinkled along the I-5 corridor in the coastal rural areas. And then we've got a, a cluster over in the Spokane area um, with my partner, Eric. Yeah, with Eric. Yep. Yeah. So, hey, you talked about this last time. You, you kind of had a new, maybe, maybe a new model, maybe that's the right word, um, around a pharmacy model that I think worked well in either a small setting or or – Basically, it's a small footprint, not yeah. a big out front, and we really focus on, you know, services, maximizing the prescriptions we're filling for profitability, um, keeping your employee costs down, you know, with that smaller footprint. And I mean, out of the 26 locations, I think there's only two stores that don't fit this model. You know, 92% of our revenue comes from prescriptions. You know, and I know that we keep trying to push clinical services and try mm -hmm. to get some of these other revenues coming, but you know, the, the gasoline for the, for the truck comes from still, you know, count licking and sticking. Right. And so we really try to make it, make that a, an efficient process and then try to maximize those scripts, you know, for profitability using the various um, data analytics and, and things like that. And so, yeah, actually that new store that we're building um, in Chehalis, Washington uh, is going to mirror the store in Centralia. So small footprint, drive through okay. almost like a Starbucks looking building, Oh, okay. um, you know, or, uh, and so, you know, we really feel that that'll be profitable within nine months. Wow. Within yeah. nine months. With a and brand new startup. Yeah. It, it, we definitely are strategically placing it across from a Rite Aid. So it should be probably really easy <laughs> to get to the first 50 scripts a day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just maybe put a sign out that says we smile here. And uh, yeah, yeah. We, we know your name. <laughs> and so just for reference, profitable within nine months is better than average for what? Like what, what's the average from a new startup? No, I think, it, I think the average, and I, I don't quote me on this, but I believe that, that some of the data I've read is about two years on, right. a, on a greenfield startup. Um, you know, so if you can get to that 80 script a day mark, you know, with low um, uh, employee costs, you know, you're breaking even about 80 scripts is what I'm, we're seeing, you know, um, right. that could change, you know, depending on payer mix and, and the regions you're in. Oh, that makes total sense, man. That's that's man, exciting. I would have killed for 80 scripts a day at Walgreens back in my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like 80 well, by yeah. 10 a.m. Yeah, they're, uh, it's definitely changed right now. So, so in a smaller footprint like that, so it's like almost like a like a min, like a like a mini Starbucks. Is that what you mean? Like like one of those ones you'd see like a coffee shop with a wrap around with a drive through kind of piece there. Yeah, it's about you know 12. 1200 square feet, okay. you know, okay. um, and so it's not like super small, but it's just, um, it, it, we just don't have that big front end, you know, that big yeah. 5,000 square mm -hmm. foot front end or okay. 3000 square foot front end where, um, you know, it's just, 
it's another expense for a small part of the revenue. Mm-hmm. And now, now there are locations, you know, that we have where they have, you know, we have one store that has 12,000 square foot front end. So their sales out front are going to be incredible because they've got so much stuff. And, sure. and we do have good foot traffic there. And then we have the one you know, partner, um, Tyler, um, out on the Vashon Island. I mean, he's the only store on the island, you know. And so his right. out front sales are very different than one of the stores that are in more of a competing market. And so that footprint, you know, we're, we're, we have our vitamins, we have our supplements, we have our aids to daily living, we have our immunization room. Um, and then we really focus on the filling of the prescriptions. And then with COVID, drive, a drive through has been so important. Um, and so that, that's a necessity I feel in a small footprint type model. Yeah. So I know for a while there was kind of the, the push to go away from drive throughs right. in an independent pharmacy, right? That was almost even a selling point against some of the bigger chains, right? We don't do drive throughs Do you mm-hmm. think that's permanently changed post COVID? Oh, I do for sure. Yeah. In fact, any of the stores that don't have a drive through I'm looking at how I can get a drive through in. Um, and, and also you have your next round of patients coming, which are the, uh, the, um, mothers, you know, with the kids that don't want to get them all out of the car. And, you know, I think what's the, the, the most growing rate of children being born is in that 38 to 45 range. So pe- people are having kids older yeah. and, you know, um, and I know that like, I don't really want to drag them all in. So the drive through is really nice. And, and I believe now that still most of the food independent or the um food chains you know mcdonald's and mm-hmm. and chick-fil-a and star you know and all wendy's whatever those are they're all still just drive through no retail front you know right, and right. so the other thing that it does at least you know if you can if you have to go only drive through you know you, you can staff that with pretty minimal staff right yeah you you basically just hit my demographic on the head right i had a kid at 34 i was very opposed to drive throughs in general Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have a smallish car and a smallish human in the back seat. If there's a drive through. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's kind of self queuing as well. Yeah. Obviously yeah. it's self queuing and it, it's just, you forget all the efficiencies it brought until you really needed them, you know? Well, and I think too, that, you know, the technology, you know, you know, you guys pioneers done a great job with the drive through modules and, and iPads and signing. I think that the technology just to get a drive-through transaction done quicker, so you're moving them along quicker and not waiting, uh, has come a long ways too. So I think there's you know there's something to be said about uh, that as well. So how do you balance? All right, so we've you're you've got them in a drive-through, you've got them in and out as fast as possible. How do you continue to balance that relationship that independents are kind of famous for? Well, a lot of them do come in and shop the store too. You know, it just might not be at that particular moment, you know, whether they don't have the kids or they have the kids or, you know, it's late night and they're on the way home from work and they've had a rough day. So, you know, typically, um, you know, we know them, you know, they're still our customer. Um, and you know, it's just the same principles we use when they're standing in front of you, you know, call them by their name, talk with them, give the dog a, um, you know, a dog bone, give the kids a, a lollipop, you know, I mean, you can still create that, that, that independent feel, um, you know, at the window as well. Um, one of our stores just came on and, and it's kind of a funny story. I don't know if you guys want to go there, but I'm going to, Let's go. um, <laughs> this store uh, that I partnered with the guy in, in Seattle, uh, Kenmore area, he listened to the podcast and called me and the first, number one podcast. And it was a direct 
re, uh, result of podcast number one. All that, right. Yeah. Good. And so it was an interesting story where he um, didn't quite have all, what he needed to get the deal done. And the part or the owner said, why don't you reach out to Jeff after they listened to the podcast? And uh, in September, his dream came true. Uh, it was great. And that store, we actually close at seven and keep the drive through open until 930. Wow. And so the, the drive through and I was I would question that, you know, because, again, um, different demographic, different model. Sure. area. And I questioned it. And so I was up there when I introduced myself to who I am uh, when we took the store over and the drive through was packed. And when I got in my truck at eight o'clock and left, they were still lined up around. The <laughs> You're like, you know so, what? I won't bring it yeah. up. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, it works, you know, and I think, we're, you know, we're, what we're doing is competing with some of the chains that do something similar. And so um, not only is giving the customer in that area an option to get their prescription filled after hours, it also gives the pharmacy staff time to get some stuff done, because uh, this is a fairly high uh, volume store, to get some stuff done that they wouldn't be able to get done during the day when they're on the line and um, and, uh, and under those pressures. So um, it was, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to question that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, so <laughs> All right, it looks like it works. Back in my chain retail days, you know, we kept them both open, the front end and the drive through. And usually, you know, toward the end of my tenure at, at that chain, it was me by myself for the last hour. Um, but actually, in some of the areas, in some of the more like dangerous neighborhoods, we would actually close the front and just do the drive-through, just because if you're there by yourself, it's yeah. way safer. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a perfect example of that area. Mm. That uh, you know, evening time um, is better just having the drive-through open. Right. Yeah. If you're gonna get robbed, that bulletproof glass really makes you feel more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So that's cool. So somebody was listening to this, said, hey, I think Jeff could help me partner and get this store taken over um, and reached out to you after the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. It, that's, ex that's exactly. I think it was, God, it was in December, I believe, um, is when we did the the one. Um, and I just got a... Was it really almost a year ago? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. It was early December. Um, wow. And yeah. And so Matt... Um, reached out to me, had never met Matt. Um, and so uh, I always listen. I, I never say no. I always listen and, and let's um, do the dance and kick the tires. Um, and, and he had said, hey, you know, the, uh, Todd, my, uh, my boss, my owner, um, said I should reach out to you after listening to the podcast. And so uh, Matt and I uh, engaged in, in conversation. Um, I found out kind of why and what and where and, and how. Right. Uh, I, I met him and his family, um, made sure that he was compatible with, with me and my group, mm -hmm. um, my partners, and um, he fit right in. I thought he also brought a skill set that, that we didn't have, very, very analytical, very um, gross profit you know, focused, d does a really nice job. And so, yeah, so we did the dance and, and we got the store closed in September and, and, um, it was really, it was emotional for me because he texted me and, um, said, Hey, thanks. You know, this was, has been a dream come true. And so, uh, yeah, that's cool. it, it, yeah, it was really cool. So all because of your podcast. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think because of you on yeah. the podcast for real. Well, uh, <laughs> you're, 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 you're giving me the platform. I no, guess for real, but it's, it's so cool to hear like a, a, 
a really almost like li- that literally is a life changing story, right? You know, I, and, I do. Yeah, I have another. You one get to be a want. part of those. Yeah, no, oh, let's yeah. hear another but, one. You get to be a part so of those. About the same time, um, a gal, Jacqueline, um, who used to be a clerk for me way back in the day, probably uh, maybe like thirteen. I don't know. No, it would have been. Uh, excuse me. It would have been oh four oh five. Okay. You know, somewhere in that range. Uh, I was managing a store in Seattle and she was a clerk for me. Um, and we ended up moving and then buying into the first stores in 06. And, um, and then uh, she got into pharmacy school at Washington state, um, went through, became a pharmacist and went to work for Bartels, um, out in our area. And she worked her way up. She's fantastic. Um, 13 years in Bartels. She, um, got into management and leadership and then, you know, Bartel sold to Rite Aid and, um, you know, they dumped, uh, they dumped, they dumped the bitters into her coffee instead of the sugar. So uh, (laughs) she, she called me up and she said, Hey, find me a store. I'm done. And I said, well, okay, let's talk. And she said, <laughs> I, I, I can't take it anymore. You know, the corporate mentality, yeah. the, the emails that we constant emails that we're getting. I mean, it's just way different, uh, of managing, you know, and she just said, I, I'm ready. And so I reached out to my, you know, contacts and people network of people that, you know, I know potentially could, or would, would know of stores that are available. And sure enough, one popped up and it's one that I look back at in 2015 or 2013. So we had looked at this store, but I didn't have that partner. It's kind of out in a, it's in rural Washington, kind of a, a cowboy farming community. Okay. Um, but, uh, and so I like the idea because it's a rural location, you know, and the rural stores, you know, do a little better with contracting and, right, and right. things like that. And I said, well, Hey, I got this store out in, in Goldendale, Washington. And, and she says, I'll take it. I said, what? She says, I'll, I'll, if you get it done, I'll take it. <laughs> she sold, she sold her house in, in Seattle area. She moved her family to Goldendale. She bought property to build a home eventually. And we took the store over uh, about the same time as we did the Seattle. They were running side by side, I think a week or two um, after. And now she's in her store. And so, okay. and now she couldn't be, she, again, same, same text message type situation said, man, this is a dream come true, Jeff. And so that makes me feel good. But she also had to take that risk. I mean, she yeah. you know, moved her whole family, um, went into a community that she wasn't a, 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 a part of. And mm, is just doing true. fantastic. She's thriving and another great asset to our group. I mean, I have a group of, of partners who are all top notch. So for reference, how far is Goldendale from Seattle? Oh boy. Um, I, it, let me see. It's, uh, it's gotta be about six hours. Or oh, more. wow. Oh, so yeah, that, that, state, that's a substantial. Well, no, then. yeah. So you have to go. You know, I think you go down I-5 to Portland, Oregon, and then up the gorge, uh, and then you cross back over the Columbia and then go up into Goldendale. Um, I don't have my map out, but I believe that would be the probably quickest. Yeah, so that, it, yeah, it, that, it, wasn't a, just a, a it wasn't just an hour move. I mean, it was yeah, a commitment. Yeah, that's a substantial you know? risk. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was trying to wrap my head around. Like, you know, in Dallas, if you're like, oh, I'm going to move out of the Dallas area into Sherman, <laughs> I can still, yeah, yeah like. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's like still just down the road still. 
Yeah, no, no, that's that, a substantial risk, man. Yeah. If you have to take a raft or a helicopter to get there, <laughs> commitment. <laughs> yeah, I think actually uh, the helicopter would be faster. Yeah, you got to watch out for that Kobe situation, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not no, a bit like uh, I was always I and I tried to get my wife when we went to Hawaii to do like the helicopter tour, and then like three weeks before we went one of our family friends was there and the helicopter tour before them had to make an emergency landing. And she was like, I'm out. And then after the Kobe situation, she was like, I'm never getting on a helicopter. I don't blame like, like, it. Right. It's literally designed to fly close to the ground. You know what I mean? Which inc- increases your risk. They're literally yeah. the riskiest probably well, aircraft. And, you and can there's, get on. there's literally no gliding, at least in like a small yeah. plane, you can glide yeah. less abruptly to the ground. No, I, I have a similar story. Like in Hawaii, we had a, 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 a trip scheduled as well, and it was canceled because of weather. And, and I still to this day wonder if, you know, somebody's looking out for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you never know. You, you just don't know. Same, same goes for hot air balloons. You yeah. know, when, when, when the hot air runs out, there's no gliding. <laughs> right. right. You're just plummeting. Yeah. That's it's it. a bad situation for everybody yeah. involved. Unfortunately, gravity always wins. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you said you had a few on the horizon as well, you think? As well. Yeah, we do. We, we, we have that one that we're going to build from the mm-hmm. ground up. Okay. So we have the property. actually got the design last week. Things look really good. I'm hoping to have that open by third quarter maybe or uh you know fourth quarter of 2022 okay um we have one that uh, one of my partner's dad ha- has a store that he's um owned for many 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 years and his his dad's getting to that point where he's ready to transition out okay and so we have actually a, a gal who lives in the area who's worked for us you know part-time and done stuff for us for years um and so we have her kind of pegged to roll into that store and his dad has done a great job, but you know, not really done kept up on the technologies and, and the uh, different things that, that we do to, you know, have a successful business model. And so he, you know, we think we can get in there and pump up the store and, and not only, um, will that store be pretty special because we're keeping it, you know, um, in will, will's family, um, will Quinby is, is my partner whose dad it is. And, and so, you know, Will then can have that footprint in, in this, the town that he grew up in as well. And so, that, you know, that's kind of a nice little warm and fuzzy story for, for that store. Right. Well, at the, at the very least, you kept an independent store alive and independent. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and then we, we, did, you know, we have some others that are, you know, kind of way out on the horizon that, you know, we're looking at, you know, uh, maybe in the Idaho area. Um, and, um have a phone call with a guy on Friday. And so, you know, I have people that are looking to partner for various reasons. Um, but we've created a pretty good uh, network, um, you know, in the Pacific Northwest that allows us now to really start getting into, you know, what, what I did touch on earlier is clinical services yeah. and, and figuring out how to get that money that really can afford us to hire more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and still, you know, and still keep everything going. Cause that's the toughest part of this clinical services thing is, is getting paid, right? I mean, yeah. I can hire all the people I want. Okay. We're not yeah. getting any more prescriptions, but we've got to figure out the money side of it. And so that's a, that's my task for our group this year, uh, is to do that. And, and this is kind of an interesting point. I'm kind of proud of it. Um, us and high school pharmacy, okay. so high school pharmacies yep. down in Vancouver area there, uh, Jack Holt, great guy. Um, 
they own 26 locations and we own 26 locations. And with Bymart closing, we are now um, tied for the largest um, independent regional chain in the area. Nice, man. So that's, uh, although we don't have that umbrella of high school, we keep, you know, we keep them kind of uh, um, doing their own thing or keep their autonomy, but um, I'm pretty proud of that. And and I know they have a bunch of affiliate affiliate stores, so they're a little bit larger from the affiliate side, but from the ownership side, uh, we're right there. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that and proud of the group for that. And a little bit more um, internal competition to get that 27 and 28 going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yes and no. You guys know me. I'm pretty competitive. So, no, so yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yes. But yeah, I'm uh, like, come on. You know, they're going to come and go. I know that we, we boarded, you know, we boarded four stores in about six months and three of them in like the last uh, from what was it, July until September to October 1st and my office staff the the admin side they're waving the white flag they're saying Jeff can can you please slow down can you please stop stop doing things yeah (laughs) and so uh we're on a kind of a holding pattern right now um and and we Casey and I have a baby coming so um we'll have a baby um by the by the 13th of November so um that's gonna change my life um yeah yeah yeah. It's like literally what 10 days from now? Like this It's li- it's literally 10 <laughs> like, days from now. Yeah, not not you know obviously you guys know our story but yeah, not something yeah. that we had planned and yeah. um at this age but um excited, you know. Definitely uh, a lot of emotion there but excited. That's good, man. Um back to so think you you're talking about opening up a new store. Right. And I think you did with Centralia, right? That was a, I think that was, was that a new, was that a new, it, it, it was, it, it, it was, yes, sort of. but it was, it was a backfill of, gotcha. a, of a store that, that went bankrupt. Yeah. What, what are some of the things you're looking for when it comes to like this location seems to make sense? So loca- location, um, is definitely very important in this particular case. It used to be a medicine shop. Okay. And so back in the day, I don't know if they still do, but medicine shop did some, um, some demographic analysis, okay. you know, and traffic flow. And so that's why this location happened to be there. It was kind of, of, of luck for us, you sure. know, and, and my motto on luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you do the preparation, uh, the opportunity arises and you make your own luck. And that's just something I've always said. And so, um, I did know the volume, the previous history of the volume you. So of you that store. Knew the, knew this yeah. story. And so I knew right away that, okay, I could make this one work. And I didn't realize I could make it work as well as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just not me. That's Courtney, um, sure, yeah, which is Will's sure. wife, Courtney Quimby, you know, and Will really making it really work, you know. And so um, the, the new location is going to just be a model of that down one city down called the Twin Cities, Chehalis and Centralia. Okay. And we uh, actually, Will and Courtney did a lot of legwork on this, but they, you know, drove around and, and watched the flow and, and, you know, looked at the area and, and obviously, you know, property price and things like that are important because we can't, you know, afford $3 million piece of property, you know, and things like that. So that location and, and being across from a Rite Aid like that really got us excited. I mean, we sat, sat in the parking lot one day. I remember the, the three of us in, in the suburban and watched the drive through at Rite Aid and it was, you know, six to eight to 10 cars deep nice. the whole entire time we were there. I see. And so we, we know that we can dislodge that business, um, 
with not a lot of extra effort. And then when we put in effort, you know, it just kind of turns up the dial. Right. So in that same vein, you, you've, you found the pharmacy, right? The location's there. What, what do you look for in a partner in that network? And I know like, you know, Will was already established there, but like some, say you bring in somebody new, your rural area, how do you meet those people? What do you like? Do you cultivate them? Do you kind of have like a little Jeff Harrell school of future pharmacists? It's, it's kind of a missed bag, you know, um, Eric, um, Will, Courtney, um, they, 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 they're out looking too, right? I mean, so they're, they know what, what kind of partner really fits our mold. And it's kind of funny. Courtney calls me the matchmaker, you know, <laughs> like the pharmacy matchmaker. Cause when we do have our ownership retreats and, and get down and, and, and work together and then go after, uh, after the meetings and have dinner and drinks, we mesh so well together and, and very different, you know, um, personalities, but it, they all just mesh well together. And so, um, you know, we, we, we look for that, you know, I'm a, I, I, I'm a people person, you know, that, and, and I have a, a knack I, I feel for identifying, you know, a good fit, not good fit by personality. Okay. And so, um, definitely, you know, just, just meet him. Um, like I did with Matt, you know, I met his family, I met him, we just talked about life, created a relationship. Um, and, and I have those. And, and, and so for the new store, we actually, you know, I think the person that's going to go down there, uh, was a WSU grad that, 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 got that came onto our radar via my cousin who was in the pharmacy industry or my second cousin. And so, uh, we had him come in, do some internships. They love him. Uh, fantastic. And, and then he sees what we're doing and he wants, he's like, Ooh, this is cool. I want, I want a piece of the action. I want, I want to try that. Um, you know, Will brought in, um, Travis, which was a schoolmate of his, um, you know, Travis has been in the, um, in the chain sector and the corporate sector. And so, you know, he got a taste of freedom (laughs) and, and he's, he loves it, you know? And so he's gonna, uh, uh, we're in the process of bringing him in on, on a store and stuff. And so, um, anyways, it's, it's a little bit of everything, you know, you just, you just kind of put your feelers out there and, and, and again, Cindy, who's going to move into Will's dad's store out there, uh, in Aberdeen, Washington, you know, she's been in with us for a long, long time Mm -hmm. and she's, you know, pinged me for opportunities that haven't been there. And then I pinged her when the opportunity was there and she was ready. Um, and, you know, but that's a, that's a five, six, seven year window. That wasn't just something that happened overnight, you know, right. like Jacqueline, Jacqueline was a, was a quick one, but again, that relationship went way back to, right. you know, Oh five, Oh four. It goes to show network, <laughs> network, 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 right? Net, yeah. Network. Really yeah. Does. It's not, it's a uh, relationship. Yeah, is so important in this industry, uh, and it's a very, very small world in the pharmacy world um, when you really start getting out there and talking yeah. with people. Yeah, I know it really is. A L- lot of lot of paths cross, and I don't know if it will actually be our immediate past podcast when this airs. But we talked to uh, Megan Smith out of Arkansas, Flip the Pharmacy, and you know, and she's built a lot of stuff out of her network. You know, and she kind of came out of that North Carolina primary care CCNC group, goes to Arkansas and starts building that network. And like, you know, we crossed paths because we worked with CCNC and now we're working with Flip the Pharmacy. And then, you know, it just, it really solidifies the fact that, you know, pharmacy is really a small world and you have to keep an eye on what's going on and the people who are doing stuff. 
and actually go talk to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, mildly different topic, but the last time I talked to you, you were getting ready to buy a restaurant. Um, so did, did we, ha- we had the bakery, right? Yeah. I, yes. You talked, you talked not last time. You didn't talk about that last time, but you also, yes, okay. you also have a bakery, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we <laughs> long, long <laughs> short story, um, you know, COVID hit 1908 bakery here in, in Long Beach, Washington, mm-hmm. um, was going to go dark for very various reasons. I, I knew the owners and I, I reached out. And so we bought that bakery, I actually dedicated it in our, my daughter's name. So we changed it to Dylan's Cottage Bakery. Oh, nice, so for those listening, go to dillagecottagebakery.com and you can uh, see a 1908 bakery. They, we make everything from scratch every morning. In fact, I'm looking out the window right now and watching the bakers come out from their one one forty five in the morning shift. Um, <laughs> oh. we, have, I, we have what I feel like is one of the best maple bars in the world because we make our own maple and the donut is cut, raised, and made every morning. So it's a full-on bakery uh, deli. It does, um, it, it does Danish, um, custom cakes. I mean, it's, it's full line and, and it's crazy. We got 28 employees there. Wow. <laughs> now <laughs> in the restaurant industry. Yeah. Let's talk about that. It, it is a total pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> the food, they warned me about food service industry. And I always am like, you know what? I, nothing bothers me. It's, it's definitely a different beast, you know, and, and having those different hours there, you know, one in 45 in the morning until five or six at night. Um, but it makes it difficult, but I feel like, you know, we're doing it for the right reason. You know, we honor Dylan, we have a Dylan donut, um, a lot of donations back to the community. And so that, that was the bakery. Um, uh, the restaurant, I haven't, I haven't bought a restaurant yet. I do have a guy that, uh, I think I might've been, t- might've talked to you recently about that. I have yeah. a, a chef guy that moved down to the area. That's right. Um, that we're looking at. And so nothing has come to fruition there. So maybe, <laughs> maybe version three. Maybe, of Jeff maybe three. Talk about the restaurant. So Jeff's out there <laughs> waiting tables. So I, I'm a bit of a donut connoisseur. Um, my yeah. daughter, my daughter and I do Sunday donuts, um, to the detriment of my waistline. I got to know what, what's the Dylan donut. So the Dylan donut is a cake donut uh, okay. dipped in uh, our house-made chocolate, and then uh, we put unicorn sprinkles on it. Nice. So it's not anything super special, but the kids like this unicorn sprinkles, and she was a big fan of the unicorn. Uh, the cake donut is just a solid, always solid donut. The chocolate gives yeah. it a little extra flavor. Um, so it's it's uh, it's not really unique as far as the donut goes, but it's unique in how we kind of designed it. And a dollar... Um, or 50 cents of every donut goes to her foundation oh, and back to the good. community. That's, that's awesome. So, yeah. I know yeah. when, uh, when our, when our install team was there, they raved about the bakery. Yeah. Like, like, I, I don't uh, know if you owned it back then. No, I, I would not have back then. I, I don't but, think um, you did, but yeah, yeah. they, they were I mean, there. We, they were saying we didn't every change day. anything. You know, we kept the traditions all the same. We tweak a little bit, but I mean, it's old, guys. I mean, like I've always joked, if the termites would quit holding hands, the building would fall down. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, nice. if it wasn't a bakery, we'd bulldoze it and, and redevelop it. But it is—it's an iconic building. So, but you know, as far as bu- buying things, next door is Funland, and it is a giant family fun center arcade. And we did just acquire that and brought my brother in on that. And so. Um, I tell you, he's got the have. most like interesting like life. That's what I'm like, like the well, most it's, interesting it's kind guy of a in running the world. Joke. So it's the whole <laughs> block in Long Beach, right? So yeah. it's like the pharmacy, then the bakery, then Funland, 
and then there's a vacant lot that came with Funland. So kind of a funny joke I, I tell people is we're thinking about a beer garden in the <laughs> vacant lot. So the parents can drink beer while the kids yeah. are spending money in the arcade. There we go. And then when the parents drink enough beer, they go to the bakery to eat because they're hungry. And then they overeat and overdrink, so they go to the pharmacy for their antacids. <laughs> so we've just kind of cleaned them. You've got to got a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, it is, it's, it's a joke, you know, but it's kind of fun to talk you about. You can kick off some new diabetics from your, your bakery, too. Yeah. Hey, you know, a funny story there. <laughs> I, we got absolutely filleted by a couple people in the media saying, yeah, the pharmacy owner now has a bakery, how filling oh it is, goodness. you know, he's going to make us all diabetic and then go get our pills. And, you know, it's, that's not why we're doing this. I mean, it's wow. not, you know, and we can joke about it, but yeah, it's frustrating when you get that kind of. Yeah. Like something that was really, you did it to one, keep things kind of yeah. traditional could be a word or, or the legacy of the bakery. Right. And, and, and also to honor, honor Dylan and then they get upset about the fact that you're a pharmacist yeah. owning a bakery and so, they try to yeah. twist it into something weird. So do you now so own stupid. the newspaper? Yeah. Do you now own the Bezos did that. I he believe. did. Yeah. He did. I think yeah. he bought. You don't uh, like the press, own the press, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And I think Walmart, they didn't like the credit card processors, so they bought and made their own. Yeah. You yeah. know, there so, you uh, ah, I like that. Well, you know, I, like I, I didn't realize <laughs> I have a, I have a discover card and I have, I've had it since like, probably early college so i can't ever get rid of it it literally is attached to part of my credit score now <laughs> um yeah but i didn't realize that discover started because sears wanted a cut of the deal like it's it's like the last oh. remaining portion of what sears used to be oh, oh that's why sears was always like we take discover yeah that's right yeah <laughs> they, some they, people were like yeah. no we yeah. don't do that yeah, no. yeah. sears preferred yeah. discover yeah. because they right. went from one pocket okay. to the other i didn't know that man. yeah i didn't either i read it the other day I think I think you said that you know this year kind of your push is to f trying to figure out clinical services and, and making mm -hmm. sure you can do it in such a way where you're really not. You're, I'm sure what you're trying to do is positively impact bot you know your bottom line along with taking care of your community. What's some of those services you guys are kind of looking at and going? Uh, obviously, probably vaccinations one, but like what's some yeah. of the stuff you guys are looking at? So right now, I mean the the whole trick of this and we've all been trying for many many years and i know there's some successful cpsn pharmacies out there um but i personally gauge the success a little differently uh, because of breaking even you know although you're giving services to the community mm -hmm. you know you, you got to do more than break even and you got to make a little more money especially if you're going to like re redesign this you know this model right you know because again the, the prescription volume still drives the ship to this day as much as we don't want to say that right we know it does and and it drives the cost of goods and it drives you know everything related to your bottom line and so my focus is really this year for our group is primarily we're focused on the immunization part vaccination part right now because we know or at least we're being told that that is some real money out there on the commercial space when you're going to flip from billing it to the pbm on the pharmacy side through like pioneer to getting it onto the medical side on the major med side okay. yeah to credentialing with the, the plans and then contracting with them and so i, I i'm going to challenge myself and i'm going to go on this podcast and say i guarantee by this time next year we will be billing our all of our immunizations and vaccinations on the commercial side to to the payer and so I, I'm, I'm, that's my charge for 2022. All right. And the, and the reason I chose the vaccines, and, and I really, you know, I get in these meetings with people, and, and they probably hate me because I speak up too loud. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is we can get into 
you know, diabetes management, medication management, all these things that we have to hire more people for, but we've yet to figure out how to get enough revenue to, to hire those people. Vaccinations and immunizations is low-hanging fruit. And if you can go from a $40 flu shot to an $80 or $120 flu shot, and you're doing 2,000 of them, boom, you just have the money right now to hire those people to then advance out those services. You know, and so obviously the services are going to include right at this moment, you know, COVID testing, sure. COVID vaccination, you know, monoclonal antibody therapy. Okay. I mean, that's the, that's the sexy word right now. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's going to dwindle with Merck's uh, oral product, you know, getting um, oh, approved. Yeah. You know, okay. it's going to yeah. end up being probably a Tamiflu like situation where, you, you know, you got COVID, you got the symptoms, go get, you know, go get, your you know, get a get a seven day course or whatever, eight day course or whatever. Right. Um, so I'm not sure where that monoclonal antibody is going to go. But today there's some real money there. Um, and then get into some strep testing. Um, but still, I, I always come back to the vaccines, right? You know, why are we not pushing our Tdaps? And, and I'm sure there's pharmacies that are going to listen to this and they're going to say, hey, I'm doing that right now. And they are. And, and some of them awesome. are, sure. Yeah, yeah some yeah, of them yeah, aren't, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are. But the majority of us aren't maximizing right. that. You know, looking at the patient profile and saying, hey, you're due for a, a pneumovax booster or you're due for you know, you know, your shingles shot or travel vaccines. So there's real money there, and that's why I'm focusing on that aspect of it first, because that will create the revenue to build the program. I gotcha. So really focus on a really strong vaccination immunization program first, so step one. And then you can and, advance, like you yeah. said, advance into if you want to do CCM or diabetes management, education, right. et cetera. Well, and, you know, I, I think, you know, I've told a bunch of people this as well. Like, I've always been a big fan of public health in general, and it's one of those areas that has always been meh. And pharmacies have a huge ability to do this, and COVID proved that clearly that pharmacy had a, a big way to move public health forward with COVID shots. You know, vaccines are that first step in the public health, but there's so much other things that go behind public health that pharmacy can do, you know, like community resources, social determinants, all of that stuff kind of comes around public health and, you know, hopefully public health grants. Yeah. And we're actually, um, our store out in Grants Pass, Michelle Belcher, who is uh, mm -hmm. NCPA president right yes, now, yes, she is. Um, is doing a lot of that in conjunction with public health and, and the state of Oregon. And, and we are seeing some real revenue dollars there with her. So she's actually piloting a bunch of this for us um, and being a leader, um, in exactly what the charge of NCPA is on the CPSN side. So uh, I'm super proud of her and actually the dollars are starting to show up there. So, you know, um, and that's nice. we, yeah, but that is, you know, that's that public health, that's that County, you know, state, you know, funded type stuff. We still have to figure out this medical billing, you know, and this will actually a couple calls this week, you know, I hear of some pharmacies that have set up separate clinics and then they're using the clinic billing numbers to get into that medical space, which makes sense. And I know that a lot of people say, well, you know, now you're, you're, we're, we're giving up our rights of a pharmacist and, you know, provider and, oh, and all this kind of stuff. In the yeah, that, but, maybe. but if we keep banging our head against the wall and the results the same, you know, I think, what is that? That's the definition of insanity or something. Expecting a different result. And so why don't we, why don't we adapt a little and put a clinic in? What's CVS? What's Walgreens? Do they not have these clinics inside? You know darn well they're billing on the medical side for that stuff. Right. But yeah, so, I mean, they, that's why so they I'm hire a PA. So I'm looking into that right now. Um, I have a call Friday um, 
and to talk with a guy that's supposedly doing a, quite a bit of this. And from what I've heard, he, he tells me, or what, from what I've heard, he said the majority of his revenue now comes from the medical billing side and his pharmacy clinic versus his prescriptions. So we'll see, you know, there's a lot of what ifs out there, but yeah. we'll see if this is really true. And if it is, you know, I'm going to find out how he did it, you know. Yeah. Um, Interesting, just the legal entity and how you, how you credential all, all of that. What do you, what, what do you hire? Right. Who, who's, who's exactly. Manager, Actually, right? I'm looking to, you know, steal a, a clinical pharmacist from one of these software companies <laughs> <laughs> for, for honesty, but, uh, and then have them come in and develop a program for all the stores. That's interesting. I just stay out of pioneer job. Yes. Yeah. I've already <laughs> gotten a little trouble there guys. So, <laughs> that won't happen again. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, well, the upside is both of my pharmacists are um, anchored to Dallas pretty hard. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to see that that phone light up Jeff Key's name on it again. So. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know it, it all was fine, but yeah, it was. Uh... So first, we're going to hold you to this. So next year, when we talk again, you said we already have it recorded. We have it in writing. I think you said 100% of all of your commercial vaccines will be billed through Major Med, is what you're saying. I'm not, did I say 100%? Did you say 100%? Did I say, I did I, I add I that? Think, I think I think you might have put that in my in, in my mouth, but I did say I guarantee we will be billing the vaccines to the commercial payers on the medical side. I got you, I got you, okay, okay. Maybe not, and, we won't hold you to 100% yeah, of it. And I, and I, I'll, how about this? It'll be a hundred percent of those I have a contract. There with. you go. Yeah, the ones that are eligible, right? Okay, all right. I feel you. Okay. Um. And so, talk about that, and then I, I guess you still see that fitting fine into a smaller footprint, into kind of that smaller yeah, concept. Yeah, because you can do all that out of an immunization vaccination room. In fact, right. those rooms could be quote unquote clinics pretty soon. You know, if yeah, that's the that, direction we go for. That's true. And and that's really all you need. And then you just have to do the licensing and and whatnot. And so. You know, that's something we're looking into. I'm also, um, and this is something that's probably not even on your radar, but it probably should be, is, uh, and I'm not going to guarantee this one, but <laughs> but uh, is is getting someone on your staff to be a certified insurance salesperson um, and get there. Uh, and the reason for this is, is we can now sell, we can now sell the Part B plans. Right, yeah. And and there's real money there. I think it's 425 or 450 per per patient. Um, when you enroll and sell that insurance to them that you get back. And then if you maintenance, there's a maintenance fee in there as well. Mm -hmm. So the analytics and the numbers are there. It's, it's weird. It's odd, but you know, if you have a technician or you got a, you know, someone switched on um, in that space, you know, I'm definitely going to look at that, kick those tires hard uh, to potentially get a, a, uh, an agent in our group that can then do all those part D analysis um, with the patient sit down and go hey you're yeah, either newly and then, eligible and then or sell them the plan it's you know, because, re-enrolling because <laughs> you know the insurance agent down the road is doing the exact same thing they're getting the benefits from you know humana or from um you know whatever other part d plan you know silver scripts and so why can't we do something like that we actually know too what best helps the patient yeah more than an insurance agent right, right. and yeah. and if we see you know, a, a copay or a, or something out of line, we're like, well, hey, yeah, you're on that med, but if we switch to that one in the category, we could bring down your, you know, your overall out of pocket. And so um, that's something I'm really looking at. And there's some, there is some revenue there. Yeah, makes sense. It is. Well, what else? Uh, that's a lot. 
Uh, we have, yeah, like what else have you we've done made, this last? Is there anything months? new <laughs> <laughs> other than that? We have a lot to hold you to and ask you about next time. That's for sure. Yeah, I do have, and I think we touched on it. And I do have one more thing I wouldn't mind discussing and helping others is when you're out. When I'm out there looking for um, an acquisition, or if something comes across my desk. There's many different ways to approach this and fund this, right? I mean, a lot of people think they got to go to a bank and they've got to, you know, get the lender to approve them and they've got to, you know, uh, use a pharmacy lender or their local lender. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, of um, roadblocks there with banks. I mean, you know, there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of fees, there's a lot of, you know, et cetera, et cetera, SBA, non-SBA. I mean, all these different components to getting that finance. But there's a lot of owners out there who have are, are starting to age out, who have made lots of money over their career. I mean, you know, and they and they're probably invested in other things, you know, bakeries, fun houses, <laughs> right. you know, fun houses, bakeries, store, you know, storage <laughs> right. units, you know, property, whatever that looks like. And with the new tax, with the new taxes potentially changing here in 2022, you know, it's not advantageous for them to take a lump sum. And so I like to go out and have that conversation with the seller. Hey, let's go have dinner and let's talk. Let's talk. Let's see what comfort level we, we can build. It goes back to that relationship, that trust, that, um, you know, who you know. And, and it, it, it's an interesting – I really enjoy it because I have found that a lot of sellers somehow are connected to me, especially in this area, via school or via people that have worked right. for me. And so you can build that trust and then they will carry the note, you know, and then your bank fees are gone. The owner doesn't, uh, the seller doesn't have all these tax implications related to one lump sum. Right. You know, they've got some interest revenue. They're getting a monthly payment of, on the mortgage. And man, has it worked out well in a lot of my situations. But I guess where I'm going is, is don't be afraid to build that relationship, you know, with that seller. You know, don't make it a, you know, we're always like the seller versus the right, buyer. Right, and yeah. we got the look. It's like and, North and, Korea, and, South and, Korea yeah. all the and time. And here's my yeah. first bit of advice. Keep the accountants and the lawyers out of it. <laughs> <laughs> because they like to justify their jobs. And they justify their jobs by putting hours on paper and yeah. sending the for bill real, to you. You, you need sense. them. And there's a space for them. Yes. And there's time for them. Like, but when you're developing that relationship, break those walls down and really um, start a line of communication and, and go to dinner and, you know, meet at a conference and, and build that because it's advantageous for both the seller and the buyer. And I think it's even going to be more advantageous coming into 2022 with, you know, we got a different leadership in, in government and, you know, we've all heard that the taxes are going to, you know, capital gains and stuff are going to change, you know, significantly. And so, um, just, just something that I've learned over the years and it's, it's worked out really well for both. Yeah. Whether you're, so especially if you're trying to acquire a, uh, a new location, you're, you're, you're saying for those of you out there, especially if you've never done it before ever, there's other ways, right? You don't have to go, you, you don't have to go to try to go get approved from a bank right off the bat. Sure. You may have to fall back on it, but you're right. Yeah. I, yeah. I see. There, there's, there's a lot, there's, there's, you know, there's several ways. And one, I love being creative. You know, and like I, you know, said in podcast one, you know, well, we can put my email out there and people can contact me, you know, because I love, you know, that part of it and coaching and helping. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, the bank is always there, you know, but there's other potential options, combinations of those options that help everybody, both financially 
you know, and just from a relationship too. Um, so Thanks, man. Right. makes good. a ton of sense. It's like Jeff Harrell's practical tidbit. Number one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Don't own funny. a bakery. Number two. Not bad. Yeah. Open up across from a Rite Aid. I always feel like I yeah. learned a bunch of things here. You know, it's funny though. Like you always see a Walgreens across the street from a CVS and you're like, yeah. Why? But why? Right. <laughs> Get two flavors like, of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Walgreens employees. I don't mean that. Or CVS yeah. pharmacists. You guys are all still our brothers, but yeah. They know. We're, yeah, no. And, and it's it's actually becoming common knowledge now. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you didn't you didn't tell us anything we don't know about. Yeah, no, no. I, like what one of my one of our good friends um who opened up a, a pharmacy by our old house. We used to live by opened up literally in almost in the same shopping center, which I was surprised she was able to do right connected almost to a CVS. And I was just like, man, uh, and you're right. It probably took her about a year. Probably took 12 months. Didn't take nine months, but probably took her 12 months and she was breaking even. I'll, I'll tell you the opportunity right now is greater than it's ever been because of the labor issues that these chains are seeing. If we um, as independent pharmacies can just keep, I, I, I use the term with my, my group, just bite down on the bit. Mm-hmm. and grind through this keep our doors open keep our phones open answer the phones we are seeing tremendous growth off the back of the chains because they're, they're you know they can't they don't have the staff they're shutting down two or three days they're reopening right. yeah. they're not answering the phones i mean we physically are getting in cars and driving over to chains for copies and I, this is in at least four or five wow. locations that i've heard this from my partners and right now is the opportunity. So, you know, if I can, if anybody out there, I know we're all tired from, you know, the pandemic, from COVID, from all the different stuff. But if we can bite down on that bit and we can figure out how to keep our phones open and keep our doors open, that it's going to be a huge growth pattern for independent pharmacy. And, and we are going to come out shining because we were there and we made it through. And it's not going to be right. easy. I mean, in the meetings I'm in, I look across the table. I was in one yesterday for my compounding lab. They look tired. Yeah. You know, yeah. the employees are tired. They're working overtime. We can't get enough people. You know, um, I, I make a joke the other day. I'm like, if they have a heartbeat and a full set of teeth, I'm hiring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, and so, you know, it, but, but, you know, I just, I just, you know, Eric called me the other day, discouraged out of Spokane. And I said, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to be flat honest with you. If you just bite down and just get through this, we're going to come out roses on the other end. And, and, and we're seeing it. We're seeing 30% growth in some stores. We're oh, going wow. from 450 scripts a day to 900. Probably the greater the percentage, the closer the, the Walgreens or the Rite Aid. Or Absolutely. The CBS, yeah. Right? In that particular case, that store, the Buy Mart closed yeah. down next door and yeah. then they sold it to Walgreens. Well, Walgreens can't keep up and then the right, you know, the CBS right. can't keep up. And so, we're shining, but nice. again, we're at the point now where I had to, we have to hire people, yeah, you right. know, and and you know we got to find those people and good people. But like I said, just grind through it, and I know that uh, we're going to sail out on the other end of this. That's a good point. How about how about that? I want to ask you about that. I tried to ask almost every pharmacy owner I've talked to lately, the hiring market there in in your backyard, at least where you're at, still still tough, still really tough, it, still it, still I, yeah. not loosening up at all. It is, it's mind boggling because, you know, we all, I I travel quite a bit for the boards and different things. And, and there's not a city that I've been to that doesn't have a sign up that says hiring or their hours have been cut, you know, or they're not offering this service, you know, or they're, you know, the sushi bars closed because they don't have, you know, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? There's just a whole bunch of different variations to this labor issue. 
But it was Halloween, uh, Halloween night, and I was at a friend's house um, having a drink, and, and they are in the hospitality and restaurant industry. And, and her and I have different political views, and, and we go back and forth, which is we, we love to do, uh, uh, Tip and I. And so um, I said, you know what? How can we have a 4.9% employee uh, unemployment rate in our state, and nobody has, you know, no, no, there's no, no employment employment pool where are these people at right and she brought up a good point and i didn't think about it but the baby boomers retired they, they just got said, out quicker yeah, they just screwed said screw it i am not taking it yep. i can't deal with it anymore and they left the the workforce yeah. which was like three point something million i found out when i right. did some research on this so the people I, they're not there yeah you know uh, and and there are some that are still you know, taking advantage of, of what the pandemics brought us, you know, from a fi- government financial subsidy thing. And, and, and I think that's going to get tighter. You know, I know in Washington, the moratorium went away for evictions. So people are going to yeah. have to get back to work right. and, and pay their rents and get back into the swing of life. But we have lost a considerable amount of, of workforce with the baby boomers. Now, I think that there's a segment of them that are going to get Board, kind of come you know, back and, in. And you think there's going to be a little But are resurgent? they going to want to come back to a job where they're just getting ground up on the front lines, or are they going to want to come back to, you know, this working from remotely from home, That's consulting point, things yeah. like that? Yeah. So it, it it's a problem, um, and we yeah. got to really think outside the box. Right now, every store I go to where I see a good employee, I'm slipping my card in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> You getting your scripts filled at Walgreens for a while, <laughs> and then, yeah, then yeah, CVS yeah. Well, which get them transferred. It'd be amazed at you know we have our yeah. own tech training program, so you can find people at the hardware store. Okay, good. You know, the bank, yeah. the bank is another good place. You know, and I hate robbing and, and taking people, but um, it's the market. I mean, what's luck? Opportunity, opportunity <laughs> meeting, preparation yeah, no, meeting, opportunity. My parents are that way. Yeah. My parents are right there, and they're like, well, "I think we're just gonna. I just think we're gonna bail." You know, yeah. and, and, yep. and well, I, I don't remember where yeah. it was in like the Atlantic or something. They were talking about what happened to the 7 million people, right? Because that's basically what the, the gap is. In yeah. The, yeah. On a, the people who, the number of jobs versus the number of people mm-hmm. don't, there were a ton of people who retired early, um, you know, like that, that portion of the baby boomer. What we don't want to talk about is like 700,000 people are dead now. And a lot of them yeah. were overwhelmingly in the, front lines, restaurants, you know, so yep. those people aren't coming back. Yeah. Um, no, and then a lot of people started businesses, right. you know, a lot of people were able to say like, all right, I can't work. So they were forced into being creative. And there are a lot of small businesses that got started who are still, you know, unfortunately some of them won't work out, but a lot of them might. And, you know, you created, these guys went and created their own jobs where they didn't have it. Yeah. So no, there's, you're right. There's some I mean, wild stuff. It's a combination of a lot of things. Um, I mean, I travel travel in those restaurants that we used to frequent. You know, those bars we used to right. visit after the meetings. They're they're gone, or they've changed, or mm-hmm. it's different. You know, downtown Seattle very different. A lot of uh, of those buildings are 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 have different businesses in them. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we I, know, I noticed trying- that in Charlotte as well. You know, like I I went to yeah. North Carolina quite a bit for we've got a ton of pharmacies there. Downtown Charlotte has changed dramatically in the last two years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. it's um, it's a very interesting time, you know, both in pharmacy and just life in general. Yeah. Bite down on the bit. Bite down on the bit. I like it. I like it. Um, anything else for, for us or whatever? I, I think we're, we're, man, we about to hit our hour and all that good stuff. Yeah, but... no, I mean, I think things are good. I, okay. You know, I don't, I, I always have that question of how, 
you know, how, how's, how's the transition been, you know, to yeah. the red sale stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know if you can touch on that a, a little bit. And, and so far we haven't noticed anything really out of the ordinary. That's, so that's positive. That's, that's positive. <laughs> that was thing. definitively our goal. That's definitively the goal. <laughs> Do no harm. That was yeah. uh, literally the message going into all of this. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, our, our goal after, you know, purchase was the reason we did this was to be better. Right. And right. so anything less than noticing like people noticing that we're doing cooler features, we're doing more of them, our supports better. That was really a fail. Right. So our goal was just to make sure everything got better. And that was our objective. It wasn't to sell for whatever reason. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think for the most part, I think if you ask the average Pioneer RX employee, it's business as business, usual. Business as usual. Right. Yeah. What about what about any you know new cool programs or enhancements that you know that you can talk about or at least touch on that that might be coming down? I know, you know, we're struggling with a compounding software that that can do what we want it to, and and I know Pioneer um, is working on some stuff there. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I I know we've hit our hour, but maybe oh, you know, anything good. that talk it's yeah. So let's talk about some of the things you might want. We were we we did do a lot of enhancements around compounding. Um, just prior to the pandemic. And then the last two years, it was, yeah. all right, how do we make life easier to sell, drive through, deal with the pandemic, vaccines, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we have to come back to is figure out, you know, how far down the line do we want to go with compounding? And that comes down to people who are using Pioneer. Um, so yeah. I, I think we finished the first five or six items that we kind of did when we did a compounding design session a few years ago. Um, so we're probably at that point now where we need to talk about what's next. Yeah, um, I might give you a call offline because yeah. there's a couple things that I've noticed that uh, you know that that whole that whole market's kind of changing, and and I, I think there's some cool integration that can happen there. How, how um, so? How so? Do you mind getting in? How you think it's changing? Well, I mean, we need you know PK. You know, PCCA has had PK software for quite some time, sure, and sure. and. Um, you know, a lot of us compound and do retail, right? And so right. you're running this, it's clunky. We're trying to get it to cross over. And right now I know in the pioneer market space, um, you know, from what I'm hearing and, and we're visiting some stores, you know, that are using it for the compounding. Um, there's no, the, the barcode scanning of the chemicals when you're making, you know, the, uh, the product is not there right now. Um, and so for the logs and stuff, I mean, that's super important for tracking right. and all of that. So we're doing like a hybrid. We use pioneer for, you know, maybe processing the script and then we use the lab version of PK and we're growing. I mean, we have uh, three full um, uh, USP 800, you know, uh, sterile, non-sterile HD compounding centers. And, and I really would like to have it so that it meshed in with your retail, you know, so that you didn't have, you know, two systems, you know, all the scan, it just, it's just all the functionality parts of it. And right. so, um, you know, I, I don't know where we were at. That's what prompted the compounding. We yeah, had a meeting the, yesterday and the barcode scanning should work for the most part. There may be some areas that we, we don't have yet, but yeah, let's, let's talk about that and figure yeah, out. What yeah. That is. Yeah. So, but now things are, like I said, things are uneventful when things are uneventful, then that means <laughs> that good. things are No, it's good. been good. It's been, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's been a really good group to be around too. I just, yeah, they're, uh, they're really the smart. Side, they added but, some, some yeah. definite like oh, we should keep our eye on this ball instead. And they've been spot on every step of the way. So they brought in some management expertise that was every bit as advertised. 
Good. Um, so I think you'll, you would, if you asked any of the leadership at Pioneer, I think we're all better managers now than we were a year ago. And I think that's important. Um, and, you know, they gave us the freedom to say, here are the features that we think are important and that we hear about. And, you know, if you look at our new releases over October, we had some pretty oh, stout yeah. releases. Pharmacy in to pharmacy messaging. Yeah, we, all we that, added yeah. some more messaging capabilities. We added some more, you know, some templating capabilities. We added, you know, what we're ro- we're going to be rolling out a global ID that allows pharmacies to log in with one username and password across the entirety of the Pioneer ecosystem. So as we start adding on central reporting and other types of capabilities, your password just works. Yeah. So Jeff, you uh, won't need twenty six logins. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, we, we, we're, we're grabbing other softwares. <laughs> yeah, 26 log. Uh, we, uh, we, we're grabbing other softwares, you know, that are a little bit more sophisticated, you know, specifically in the texting market. Right. You know, um, and so that, you know, that's a, an area, too, that I think could be enhanced, you know, maybe voice texting, you know, yep. uh, canned messages. I know that we just looked at a company yesterday out of London because ZipWhip, we've been using ZipWhip for a compounding testing and they're sunsetting that. They, they were sold and, and going to sunset ZipWhip in the spring. And so, but, you know, Pioneer does have that, they're texting messaging, but there's, there's, there's some more sexiness, I think, that could go to that and functionalities um, as we get into that world where people don't really want to talk and touch. They want to be texted. Um, You want to text them. Some of them can't get texts. So, uh, you know, they only have a a landline. So it'd be nice to be able to leave them a voicemail on that landline via text and things like that. So, um, yeah, just let's let's just say that would be a a fail on my end if a lot of that didn't exist in 2022. Did I hear 100%? Did I I hear? You heard nothing. You had you heard nothing about a hundred percent. That was coming. Yeah, knew that was coming. A lot of got him on video that said Josh guarantees it was recorded. That said a lot of that. Boys and girls. Yeah, Uh, Brandon can uh, edit and edit that to make it say what we want it to say. (laughs) (laughs) You're like one of those things will be out next year. (laughs) Yeah. No. We're, awesome. we're very invested in getting communication between the pharmacy and whoever else they need to communicate with taken care of. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Um, you know, thanks for having me again. And maybe one of these times I'll work my way up where Jeff can join us and I, I'll get the big <laughs> dog in here, too. So I, I like to I like to poke and prod. It that guy is uh, the guy is breathing over the budget. So uh, he's doing yeah. the real work for us. Well, I mean, um, I, I think you'll find that we're the, the fun ones. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, 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 no disrespect. We didn't invite guys, we, we didn't invite Jeff today. We just said, oh, no, sorry, you're uh, you're sitting out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh man I, hey before before we I don't want to forget before we get off this um how how would someone reach out to you if they're you know want to either pick your brain want maybe they got a yeah. pharmacy idea or dream themselves that are up there around you uh how they get a hold um, of you email's probably the best right now mm-hmm. so it's jeff j e f f at pen farm so p e n p h a r m r x.com and that's like a short version of Peninsula Pharmacies. So Jeff at PennFarmRx.com. All right, man. Hey, uh, are we still, are you guys going to uh, go forward with the conference uh, in 2022? Uh, the Connect Conference? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's going right to be on. a joint I've actually not ever attended. Show. What? So, uh, no. I, well, I, you know, we were just kind of getting into the pioneer space, you know, before the pandemic, you know, and now we're all in. And so uh, I will definitely make sure that I'm there for that. I'm, <laughs> yeah, for sure. What right. are you laughing well, about? I have said that's rude. You haven't been. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Now, Eric, Eric and some of the partners have attended. So how about that? All right. All right. All right. We'll good, take that. Good. We'll take but that. We'll, okay. we'll require an RSVP to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be in Nashville. June. Okay. I think registration comes out in early 2022. So Q1 ish. Right yeah. All right. All right. All right, man. All right, so, Jeff, thanks, thanks for being guys. on, man. Thanks yeah. for what you're doing. Have a, have a wonderful day. Keep yes. going. Keep it rolling. Yes, sir. Bye, Bye down on the bit. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye everybody. Bye. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like subscribe and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.